Hello, this is Jane Sigford, bringing you the podcast, Views and Voice Above the Noise, hosted by MASA, Minnesota Association of School Administrators. As everyone knows, our lives have veered from what we thought was normalcy to a new reality. Some of us have lived through the Kennedy assassination and or September 11th, thinking those were events that marked our generation. This is different because it isn't just a primarily U.S. phenomenon, but a global one. It's a worldwide reminder of our connectedness across national boundaries, the need for effective communication, and the need for kindness toward each other. It's a living example of the butterfly effect, that a small change in one part of the world can make much bigger changes happen thousands of miles away, that one small incident can have a big impact on the future for millions of people. In addition to being a lifelong educator, I have been fortunate enough to be a parent and a grandparent. I have two granddaughters who are in high school in the Minneapolis public school system. One granddaughter, Stella Thiebert, a sophomore, among other things, is a soccer player who plays for her high school and finds the forced inactivity very strange. The other, Audrey, is a senior who likes words, reading, and writing. In fact, she has her own blog called COVID-19 through an 18-year-old's eyes. The address is oddsthebert, A-U-D-S-T-H-I-B-E-R-T dot wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com backslash mysite, one word, backslash post. Audrey hopes to be a journalist in whatever form that occupation takes in the future. Instead of listening to so-called experts about this topic, I thought it would be very powerful to hear what one of our students or children or grandchildren was thinking. I found it powerful to listen and read Audrey's blog about her reflections as a young person who is reaching one of the big transition points in her life, high school graduation. Selfishly, it was a real treat for me to co-author something with my own granddaughter. Her words brought forward the importance of what we as educators do and think, that our job is to prepare our children, grandchildren, and students with the skills to communicate, think, cope, and learn from whatever happens. I got Audrey's permission to read parts of several of her blogs with you. I hope you enjoy them. The first blog was entitled Feeling Odd and was written on March 19, 2020. Hi friends, I am currently writing this with my cat on top of my chest, so if there are some spelling errors, I apologize. Today, I'm feeling a bit weird. I am a lot less anxious than I have been the past couple days, but there are a couple of things on my mind. Here are a few. 1. When am I going to get bored of this and lose motivation? So far, I have had a lot of motivation to do things every day. I have made to-do lists and accomplished almost every single one of the things on each of them, and that has helped me a lot. But I'm sure that soon I will just not have the motivation to make those lists or do those things. What do I do when that happens? I don't want to turn into someone who sits at home throughout all of this and does nothing. I want to be someone who accomplishes as much as I can despite having limited options. I do think that because I am scared or concerned about becoming someone like that, my chances of actually doing that are lower. I'm going to take it day by day, like I said before. Getting in shape. 
One positive thing about this is that I have so much time to do workouts and go for walks and bikes that maybe I will start to see some positive changes. I think that could be a nice result of all of this if there is one at all. That is what I've been spending a lot of my time doing lately and it is very distracting and leaves me feeling great. The world's mental health. I've just been wondering what is this whole thing going to do to people's mental health? Staying inside with little to no social interaction is really bad for all people, especially young people who already have many mental struggles. Being inside doing nothing or close to nothing only leaves room to think and dwell and it's terrible. As far as I can tell, a lot of people are trying to stay positive, but I can already see some cracks beginning to form for me as well. I'm a senior in high school and I won't be able to go to my senior prom with my boyfriend or walk across the stage to get my diploma. I won't be able to see my friends in person for a long time. I have to watch my parents potentially lose some of our income and I am not making these problems only about me. Many people I know are in these situations and I'd say we're better off than a lot of people so I can't even imagine what those other people are going through. For example, people in countries like Venezuela that have absolutely no medical supplies and no structure in their government. That is so beyond sad to me and makes my problems seem so stupid and that is how I am coping with mine. Basically, I tell myself to suck it up. Those are just a few things going through my mind at the moment. Thank you for reading. See you tomorrow. Audrey's next post was called What It Means to Be a Senior and was posted on the 22nd of March. Wow, it's already been almost a week since I started this blog. Not much has changed here. But I did want to talk about something that is important to me, even if it is not important in the grand scheme of things. Missing the last bit of senior year, the most important bit. I know a lot of people in my class that constantly are just saying, I can't wait for this year to be over so we can go to college, or I'm never talking to these people again. To each their own, but this is no way to say goodbye to the people we have spent the last four plus years of our lives with. I want to have a proper goodbye, and we may never get that. The things we are going to miss if we don't go back to school, and it's looking like that's the case, are infinite. There are the big things like prom and graduation and throwing our papers when the bell rings for the last time on the last day of school. But there are smaller moments that we are going to miss too. Sitting with our friends at lunch, for example, is something I took for granted. We are all going to different colleges and the next time we have an organized lunch like that might not be for a while. And forget best friends, I probably won't get to see a lot of the not so close but equally amazing friends that I have. Once our lives get going, we aren't going to be able to find the time for people who aren't our family's boyfriends or best friends. So we didn't even get to say goodbye. And prom. I already bought my dress. Me and my friends already have plans to get ready together. My prom last year was one of the highlights of my junior year. I wanted to have that again for senior year. I was excited to dance with my boyfriend for the last time in high school. I was excited to go to a party after and do teenage things with them. For me, senior prom marked the end of high school. Now the coronavirus is what marks that. I just wanted to dance with my friends. And graduation? 
I'll never get to walk across that stage. My parents will never get to see me graduate. My uncle was going to come from California to see me graduate. I'll never get to shake hands with my principal or sit next to whoever has a similar last name as me. I'll never get to spend the whole day painfully practicing the order and seating arrangements. My choir was supposed to sing at graduation. I sang there last year and I had been looking forward to singing again this year, but this time, for me. I don't want to graduate online. What is the toughest is that I can't even use this time to spend with the people I want to say goodbye to. I, understandably, have to spend this time alone, just waiting for the day that graduation was scheduled for to pass. We as seniors have to sit back and watch it happen, and there is quite literally nothing we can do about it. The third post is called After Quarantine, which was written on the 2nd of April. Happy April! Today I've been thinking about all the different things I want to do when this quarantine is over. I know a lot of them might not be possible right away, and I understand that there isn't an end of quarantine in sight. But a girl can dream, so here are a few of the many things I want to do when this is over. Have a sleepover with my closest friends. Hang out all day and most of the night with my boyfriend. Go on a road trip. Have a do-over prom with my friends. Hug my grandparents. Go to Wisconsin to see horses. Go to yoga teacher training. Do a triathlon with my dad. Party with my friends. Go out to dinner, exclamation. Catch up with my boyfriend's family. Lake drives with my friends. Go to the gym. Have a bonfire. Game night with my friends. Go to yoga class. Stand less than six feet away from the people I love. Go to the beach. Go to a concert. Travel somewhere foreign. Dates with my boyfriend. Play volleyball at the beach. These are just some of the many things I'm going to do when we're out of this. These are some of the things that are keeping me somewhat positive, and I will continue to count on these things as our country faces the worst couple weeks we've had in a while. Stay positive, and we will get through this. The need for human connections was so apparent in Audrey's blogs. Sometimes we take it for granted because we think it's always going to be there, but this is a reminder that it may change. An editorial in the April 3rd Star Tribune discussed the poet Emily Dickinson's voluntary, quote, sheltering in place. The author of the editorial, Erica Schroyer, associate professor at the University of St. Thomas, reminded us that Dickinson herself didn't see the isolation as entrapment that she chose to do, but as an opportunity to, she called it, quote, dwell in possibility. Maybe that's where we are, dwelling in possibility. I will close by repeating Audrey's words of wisdom, quote, stay positive and we will get through this, unquote. This is Grandma Jane Sigford signing off, and thank you for listening.